Hello, everybody. This is Jacob Minan. Hi, guys. This is Dallas. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk podcast. So today we are going to be reading and talking about the chapter four of my book, Fighting the Good Fight. Today's chapter is titled "The Cord That Binds." But before Jacob goes into the reading. We're going to wait for him to say a prayer. Let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful, faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O Lord, God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, did instruct the hearts of the faithful. Grant us that the same spirit, spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in this consolation. consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chapter 4 The Court That Binds the Holy Spirit. Scripture passage May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, verse 13. Prayer. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. This powerful prayer, known as the invocation of the Holy Spirit, holds immense significance for every couple embarking on their journey of marriage. Imagine if every conversation between spouses began with an invitation for the Holy Spirit to enter their hearts and guide their thoughts and words. Consider how many conflicts could be avoided, hurt feelings spared, tears saved, and marriages strengthened. It may seem like an idealistic vision, but this simple act of inviting the Holy Spirit into your actions can have profound effects on your relationship. You might wonder how such a small and seemingly mindless act can bring about the amazing transformations mentioned above. Let me take a moment to show you the biblical promises of what the Holy Spirit can and will do for you and your spouse if you only invite him into your marriage. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit as the Bible tells us. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. The Holy Spirit sees and understands everything you experience in life, especially within your marriage. Acts 5, 3. The Holy Spirit is the channel through which God reveals things you need to know. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. The Holy Spirit purifies your actions, enabling you to act rightly and be proven right when your actions are examined by others. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. The Holy Spirit helps you stay united with God in spirit and with your spouse in one flesh. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. The Holy Spirit drives out evil from your midst, bringing forth peace and harmony. Matthew 12, verse 28. The Holy Spirit inspires and empowers you to fulfill your task and responsibilities. Matthew 13, 2. The Holy Spirit fosters fellowship and open communication between you and your spouse. 2 Corinthians 13, 13. 
being part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit perfectly understands his role as a third person in your marriage. Matthew 28, 19. The Holy Spirit serves as your advocate, defending you in the hearts of others before you even speak. John 15, 26. The Holy Spirit is a mighty wind that sweeps over any situation, bringing order, calm, and peace. Genesis 1, verse 2. As the prayer above states, the Holy Spirit creates a new heart within you and renews your relationships. Psalm 104, verse 30. The Holy Spirit helps you to be born again in the Spirit where you are united with Christ and prioritize spiritual matters. John 3, verse 8. The Holy Spirit gives you life and a sense of purpose. John 6, verse 63. The Holy Spirit empowers you to speak the truth fearlessly regardless of the circumstances. John 14, verse 16. The Holy Spirit serves as your teacher, guiding you in discerning right from wrong. John 14, verse 16. The Holy Spirit acts as your guide in life, helping you make the right decisions. John 16, verse 13. The Holy Spirit enables you to love perfectly by filling your heart with God's love. Romans 5, verse 5. The Holy Spirit leads you day by day, preventing you from succumbing to fear and guiding you in constant prayer, Romans 8, verse 14 and verse 26. The Holy Spirit exempts you from judgment and condemnation, allowing you to live by the Spirit and the law of man, Galatians 5, verse 18. The Holy Spirit keeps you in constant state of prayer, allowing you to pray at any opportunity and maintain a connection with God, Ephesians 6, 18. The Spirit circumcises your heart, making it pure and enabling you to worship God in all that you do. Philippians 3.3 3. The Holy Spirit calls you to your unique purpose and occupation, fulfilling you in your vocation. Acts 13.2 The Holy Spirit sets and guides your path as you go about your daily activities. Acts 13.4 The Holy Spirit compels and empowers you to take action when necessary. Acts 20.22 the Holy Spirit appoints you for specific tasks that require your skills and expertise. Acts 20, verse 28. The Holy Spirit is always present within you, ready to help and guide you in all the ways mentioned above, as long as you invite him into your life. John 14, verse 16. As you can see from the extensive list above, the Holy Spirit plays a vital role in your life and marriage. Without his presence, it can be challenging to navigate the complexities of marriage and maintain a harmonious relationship. To illustrate the significance of the Holy Spirit, let's use a car analogy. If we compare your marriage to a car, you and your spouse are the engine, while the Holy Spirit is the engine oil. Without the oil, the engine will fail and the car will cease to function properly. Likewise, without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your marriage, both you and your spouse may experience breakdowns and your relationship may come to a halt, just like a broken down car on the side of the road. You may appear intact on the outside, but you won't be able to move forward or fulfill the purpose of your marriage. It is essential to invite and embrace the Holy Spirit to experience a thriving, fulfilling marriage. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your lives allows the virtues necessary for two individuals with different personalities, interests, and perspectives to bind together and function as one body and mind. The Holy Spirit imparts the grace needed for a man and woman to coexist harmoniously within a home. 
with that in mind, you may wonder how to receive the Holy Spirit and how to know when you have truly received him. Let's address these questions separately. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? There are three simple ways to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. As Matthew 7 verse 7 states, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. First, start by asking the Spirit to come into your heart. Your body is the natural dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And just as the Spirit seeks a body, your body seeks the Spirit's presence. You can say a simple prayer like, come, O Holy Spirit, fill my heart and enkindle in me the fire of your love. Second, seek the Holy Spirit. Seek refers to the desire to obtain. One of the most effective ways to seek the Holy Spirit is by reading the Bible where the Spirit is revealed in various ways. The Bible teaches us how to recognize and experience the Holy Spirit's presence and guidance in our lives, including our marriages. Third, knock on the Spirit's door. Once you have asked the Holy Spirit to enter your life and sought his presence through scripture, begin knocking by requesting his assistance in the situations you encounter daily. Understand that although you cannot physically see the Holy Spirit, he sees you and understands everything happening in and around you. No situation is too trivial or small to request the Spirit's help. By inviting the Holy Spirit into even the smallest task, you allow him to guide you and direct your actions. Now that you know how to invite the Holy Spirit into your life, you may wonder how to discern his presence within you. The answer is simple. When the Holy Spirit dwells within you, you will experience a manifestation of his fruits and gifts in your life and actions. Firstly, you will notice the growth of the fruits of the Holy Spirit within you. These fruits include love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23. It's important to understand that the Holy Spirit helps you to grow these fruits by guiding you through the situations that require their expression. The more you practice and exhibit these fruits, the more they will flourish within you. They become the spiritual currency that enriches your marriage and builds a bond of love between you and your spouse. As you grow in the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will also bestow his gifts upon you. These gifts are meant to be used for the common good of others. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7. The gifts of the Spirit include wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. These gifts are given at the Spirit's discretion and should be employed in your daily life, benefiting your spouse, your children, and the world around you. It's important to use these gifts as they have the potential to multiply and bear fruit in the lives of others, just as the servant who used his talents wisely in the parable of the talents. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 13. Now, let's address those of you who do not subscribe to the concept of religion or spirituality. It's crucial to differentiate between religion and spirituality. Religion refers to a particular system of faith and worship, while spirituality encompasses the belief that there is more to life than what meets the senses and that there is a higher purpose beyond our physical existence. Spirituality exists within and beyond religious frameworks. Regarding spirituality, we are all inherently spiritual beings consisting of both a physical and spiritual nature. Your body serves as the temple of the Holy Spirit, and in the absence of the Holy Spirit, other spirits may take residence. These spirits include pride, greed, lust, jealousy, 
gluttony, anger, and sloth. Their fruits, as outlined in Galatians 5.19, include immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. The Holy Spirit, on the other hand, manifests as the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control which stand above the constraints of human laws. The presence of the Holy Spirit allows you to transcend these negative influences and live according to a higher standard. Religion, on the other hand, provides a framework and support system for individuals in their spiritual journey. The church, often referred to as a hospital for sinners, guides and supports those who are still struggling with overcoming the negative influences of the world. So, before dismissing religion or the church based on the actions of a few individuals, remember that everyone is on their own path seeking to overcome the negative influences that can hinder spiritual growth. Now, let's return to your marriage. If you or your spouse find yourself struggling with the fruits of the flesh and the consequences they bring, take heart. You are not condemned to continue growing these fruits. By inviting the Holy Spirit into your lives, you can break free from these negative patterns and allow the fruits of the Holy Spirit to flourish. The Holy Spirit can bind you and your spouse together, creating a harmonious and fulfilling union. Reflection question. Reflecting on the role of the Holy Spirit in your marriage, how can you invite the Holy Spirit into your relationship and daily interactions with your spouse? In what ways can the presence of the Holy Spirit enhance your communication, understanding, and love for one another? Action step for the week. Take a few moments each day to pray together as a couple, inviting the Holy Spirit into your marriage. Seek guidance, strength, and wisdom from the Holy Spirit to navigate challenges, deepen your love, and grow in unity. Make it a priority to create a space for spiritual connection and communication with each other and with God. All right, Jacob, thank you for that wonderful reading. That brings us now to where we get to talk about some of the key things we think as couples go through this 52 weeks devotional for this week, they should try to focus on when they read this chapter. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to hit through a, a number of the key highlights and what better place to start but the, the scripture passage that opens this chapter. So we'll go to Romans 15 verse 13. Uh, it reads, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jacob, hope is one of those things that when it is lost in a marriage, that marriage cannot survive. When hope is gone, it is it is truly impossible to be able to bring back that couple. And, and the importance of hope can never be overemphasized because even in our daily life, before leading up to marriage, there's a Latin saying that goes, dum spiro spero, which just means while we live, we hope, or in a sense, while we breathe, we hope. So the only reason why you get up in the morning and keep going because you hope for a better day, you hope for something better in life. So hope is at the heart of our of our being. And so having the spirit of hope feed your marriage is very powerful. 
So that was the, the inspiration to this passage. And I think you guys can talk more about how this hope exists right now in your marriage. Is it dwindling? Is it there? Is it burning bright? And how can you guys continue to let it burn bright? So understanding the role of the spirit then in your marriage and in the context of hope, then you start realizing that for every conversation that you have in your marriage, small or large, it's very important for you to invite the Holy Spirit to be part of that, that conversation. And it doesn't take a lot to invite the Spirit, as, as you notice the opening paragraph of this chapter, give you that very nice, short invocation of the Holy Spirit, which simply goes, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created and thou shall renew the face of the earth. And you can even keep it shorter and, and rephrase it to fit your purposes that Holy Spirit, guide my words, come into my mind, control whatever I'm going to be, the conversation I'm going to be having with my husband or with my wife, guide my actions for this day. It's a very powerful prayer. And so in, within your marriage or within the context of your marriage, if you're, if you're doing this 52 weeks devotional with your spouse, um, explore this power of prayer, right? How are you guys doing individually? Do you ask the Holy Spirit to, to help you measure your words so that you don't bring disorder or, or you don't bring acrimony into that conversation? And these are some of the things that um, we talked about last week, right? When we talked about Esther and the way Esther was able to use this very powerful piece of the armor to measure her words. One of the things as I was writing this chapter, I was very struck in awe of how much the Holy Spirit helps us. So I see you did a sampling of maybe about 20 such passages. You see so many instances in which the people relied on the Spirit. On the Spirit. Or God communicated with people and empowered them through, through the Spirit. As I read through all of these different chapters where the Spirit was there to do several different things in the life of people within the Bible. I couldn't help but connect the spirit to that analogy that I gave of the car. Just think about it. If your marriage was compared to a car, you and your wife is the engine of that car. Without the oil to grease the wheels in that engine, that car is not going to work. It's just going to be this beautiful car that's stuck by the side of the road, broken down. And how many such marriages do we see in public where you look at this man and this woman and you're like, wow, they make a beautiful couple. They are so wonderful. They make a wonderful family. But when they go back to their homes, no matter how much people tell them, in public, how beautiful they are when they go back in it's their homes, struggle. They realize yeah. that they're not just beautiful, but they're a beautiful car that's stuck, that right. the marriage is not working. Right. Um, and so how can you and your wife allow this engine oil that God has given you to continue to grease the marriage, the engine of your marriage and keep you guys functioning and keep you guys moving? That brings us to how then do you can you receive the spirit and there's a very powerful passage in the bible that i think we talk a lot about it we pray a lot about it we say the lord asks us to ask seek and knock 
if you read that passage, Jacob, and I think writing this chapter helped me to really read and understand that passage. The entire context of that passage was how do you receive the Holy Spirit? A lot of the times we talk about it in the context of the, the physical things we want from God, right? People quote it as God says you should ask if you want a car. So ask. God says you should seek. This passage, if you read the context of that passage, was the, uh, Jesus teaching his disciples how they can receive the Spirit of God. He says, ask. And asking is the one thing we can do. Asking and you only ask through... Through prayer, because that's the one way you communicate with God, right? You can only communicate with God through prayer. Yeah. And, and so to, to ask to seek the, to ask for the Spirit, to receive the Spirit, you have to ask. You have to get, get down on your knees and pray. Yeah, which is what we started by asking the couples. Just ask in a very simple prayer. Come, come, O Holy Spirit, fill my heart. Very simple. And then the second thing you do is when you've asked, you need to seek. I, I'm also very struck about that word seeking, right? Because a lot of the times we ask and receive, but we do not know we've received because we don't know how to realize that we have received. And the only way you can realize that you've received is, is through seeking. When you truly seek for, for what you, you need, right? you would see it, you would understand when you received it. So the only way we can seek the, the, the Holy Spirit is by reading the Bible. As you read the Bible, that's when you would see the many instances in, in which the, the Holy Spirit intervened, the, in which the Holy Spirit helped a set of people or one person, right? And it starts occurring to you that, oh, so yesterday, when this happened and I acted this way, that was the Holy Spirit within me. Yeah, and, and your understanding of the Bible flowing from first you asking by prayer and the, and the seeking, your understanding of the Bible so that you don't end up just reading the Bible as just some historical text or just yet some other textbook. The book requires that spirit, mm -hmm. you know, that you're asking prayer. It, it, a lot, the, your, your, for you to be able to understand and be able to do the, the, the right connections and connecting the dots, as you read the Bible, it actually requires also that spirit of wisdom, of understanding. Otherwise, you can, you can, the Bible will just be just any other book that you're reading. And lastly, then, if you've prayed and if you've, you're reading your Bible and you've, and, you've, and you've integrated that as part of your daily life, then you should be able to knock, which means you're requesting assistance in situations you encounter on a daily basis. So you are out there driving, you're out there at work. At every moment where you encounter different situations, you can at that moment stop and ask yeah. for the advocacy of the spirit, the spirit, the advocate. At that moment, you're actually knocking. So when you have done those three, how do you discern that you have this presence of God? There are two ways. The Bible is very clear about this. The Spirit confirms itself in you in two different ways. You start to grow the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you notice something that is that's common about this fruit is that you have to grow them. Like you have yes. to maintain them. You have to nurture them. The Spirit blesses you with those fruits because you have invited the Spirit in you. Mm -hmm. But you have to nurture them. The Spirit doesn't just give you gifts, right? 
you have to be responsible with the spirit's gifts and the way you become responsible because the gifts that are given in you, the Bible is clear. The gifts that the spirit gives to you is for the betterment of the world, is for the other people around you. Not it's not you. It's not a selfish gift for you to use for yourself. It's for you to use for others. And so the spirit needs to make sure that you are going to be, you're going to be predisposed to use these gifts for the betterment of the world, for the good of the people around you. Yeah. It needs you to show that you've grown the fruits of love, the fruit of joy, the fruit, the fruit of faithfulness, yes. of gentleness, gentleness, of self-control. Exactly. Because patience, it's true self-control. Kindness. It's true self-control that you're not going to use the gift of wisdom to take advantage of others. Because you love people that you even want to prophesy into their lives. Mm. Because if you don't have that love, you, you don't feel like it. You're able to right? speak healing onto yes. people. It's, it's out of the kindness of your heart that those things will come. It's out of joy in you that you'll be disposed to actually share the knowledge that the Spirit has given you. So without those fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit is very reluctant to give you gifts. The gifts. Yeah. yeah. But when you have started cultivating these fruits of the Spirit within mm. you, it then starts giving you... Oh, you predispose yourself to receiving the gifts of the Spirit. You can start learning that, oh, is the Spirit present within me? By checking yourself. Am I showing love daily? Am I being am I joyful? patient to, to my spouse? Yes, am I bringing uh, peace to my spouse? Am family? I gentle? Yes, am I a kind-hearted person? Am I faithful in the things that the God, the little things God has trusted me with? Am I, am I, uh, I have self-control? self-control? Yeah. Right. So those things, when you start seeing them, then you notice that you start having the gifts because the spirit gives them to you. So focusing on that, when you understand the difference between religion and spirituality, which it should help you to be able to see the church as a, a hospital for sinners and not a hotel for the righteous, right? Because a lot of the times we approach it as this is a hotel, this is supposed to be a hotel for the righteous, but guess what? There are no righteous people there. Well, again, it comes to the notion, my understanding that religion is the context in which you experience your spirituality, which means the way you interface with the truth with life as it is, with human beings, the community. Put differently, uh, let's say I come from a particular tribe. Coming from that tribe is like being spiritual. Okay, but if members of that tribe form a certain organization, all of the, the, the cultural organizations that we know about, you can find somebody saying that, oh, they, they come from that tribe, yes, which means they are spiritual, but they, but they refuse to belong to that, those cultural that organizations organization. because that's this religious part of it, because they hate some practices that have occurred in those, the shortcomings or human phrases that they experience. But no, you can't remove yourself from there because that's just, that's just a confirmation that we're human beings because if you belong to the organization, people are also going to find fault in you. Uh, which is where you're driving to talk about the church being in a hospital for sinners, right? Yeah. Because so long as you end up in a community, regardless of what that community is, you're going to start seeing our sinful That's nature sinful. because we human beings have that, those, that sinful nature. That's why we need God in the first place. That's why we need the spirit. Absent the spirit, you will not have any sins. Absent the spirit, you will not have any successful marriages. Yeah. Like marriages that, that have and have is because, well, they, they are, they're connected to the spirit, but only so much. Yeah. They're not inviting the spirit often enough so they can really get the full, the complete benefit of it. Yeah. yeah. So, now, so you have to then see your body. Then if you know that you are body, mind, and spirit, then as just as the, the Bible says, 
our, our, our bodies are vessels, the temple of the spirit. Yeah, and you yeah, have to yeah. make sure, therefore, that you're hosting the spirit. You, you cannot manifest your spirituality without the spirit in you. And they, they, a lot of people manifest their spiritualities in different ways, right? But just remember that you are, your body is a host. And what am I talking about a host? Just think about a vessel, a vessel that holds flowers or a vessel that holds water or a vessel that holds drinks, whatever that hollowness in it is your body has that the spirit is going to take residence in your body yes and so the question is what what spirit takes residence in your body and it is the spirit that's going to bring you the the fruits of love joy kindness or it's going to be or it's going to be a spirit that's going to bring bring the this the seven capital sins in the subsequent chapter we're going to talk about some of this but we want people to just understand that is a highness in you that's meant for a spirit to fill and if you are not disposed to allowing the Holy Spirit to fill that hollowness, these other spirits will fill it. And when they fill it, they come with their own fruits. A short recap, as you're listening to this and working with your spouse, remember that you need the Holy Spirit to bind the both of you together. You have to invite the Spirit Spirit on a daily basis. Like the chapter says, that Holy Spirit is the cord that binds, is the cord that can bind the two of you together into a strong unit. And so in order to continue to have this cord bind you guys, you too need to invite them, invite the Holy Spirit on a daily basis into your life. You need to nurture that Holy Spirit within you. Um, So you invite by asking, you nurture it and seek it by, by reading, reading the Bible, the word of God, and you and knock, by you knock on this door. Holy Spirit at every instant of yeah. on, on a daily basis, as you go through your day and your own situations, good or bad, you need to call the Spirit to yeah. help you in those situations. Yeah. So we've we've come come to the conclusion of this particular chapter. So on Thursday in the live chat, we're going to explore further. Uh, the the concept of of the of the, the role of the spirit in our marriages and the Holy Spirit being the cord that binds us as as couples. Yeah. So we're gonna close out now with the prayer list. Let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wisdom and guidance found in your Holy Spirit. As we come to the end of this week, we humbly ask for the continued presence of the Holy Spirit in our marriage. Help us to invite the Spirit into every aspect of our relationship that we may be filled with love, joy, peace, and all the fruits of the Spirit. Grant us the grace to seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our conversations, decisions, and actions. Strengthen our bond as we grow together in faith and unity. May the Holy Spirit empower us to love one another selflessly and to be a reflection of your divine love in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about love.